you might perhaps have been wondering, as we're going through our first and second readings, why are we hearing about Noah? What does this have to do with the gospel reading? Because you might perhaps have been thinking of the kinds of patterns that we would hear in the year A of the three-year cycle of readings at Sunday Mass, where we heard instead about Adam and Eve, and they were made to match up, so that in, in the first reading we'd hear about how Adam and Eve met Satan's temptations and lost, and we'd hear about how Jesus met Satan's temptations and triumphed. But in order to see the pattern answer that question during year B, instead of simply looking at how the readings of the day match up, we have to, as I did a few years ago when I was asking the same question, look at how the first reading runs for all of Lent. And so when we look at the first reading for these five Sundays prior to Palm Sunday, then, then we see why that choice was made. Because what we will see in the first reading throughout these five Sundays is we're looking, we're tracing a thread through salvation history. And specifically in year B, you'll see we're tracing the thread of the covenants that God made. In this case, the covenant with Noah and with all of creation through him. Why would we want to do that, first of all? Well, we would want to do that because we're leading up to Holy Week, to Good Friday, to Easter. And at that point, we'll be recognizing that our Lord Jesus made the new and eternal covenant in himself. And so to prepare ourselves to recognize that, we're looking at the history of the covenants that God made earlier. We can especially understand this if we think of how this period of Lent has pretty much always been a period of intense final preparation for all those adults who are preparing to become Christians for the first time, who are in these final weeks before they will receive those sacraments of baptism and confirmation and first communion at Easter, and thus, as it were, enter through the gates into living the Christian life. And as they will then enter into that eternal covenant for the first time, how good for them, especially, to review the history of covenants leading up to it. And as the church said many centuries ago, well, if it's good for them, maybe it's good for all of us who are living this covenant to do the same sort of review. These covenants are an agreement, but not just like a distant agreement, like a contract, but an agreement that establishes a relationship between the two parties. And at times when these covenants were made, we would expect, you know, this person's going to do this, this person's going to do this. At times in these covenants, we'll see that what's spelled out is only one-sided. Sometimes it's only the human side. God's telling us what we need to do. At other times, it's only the divine side. He's telling us what he's going to do. This covenant with Noah was one of those times where he said what he was going to do, namely, that he was not going to destroy the world again. And he gave as a sign of it the rainbow, this beautiful, colorful symbol that would stretch across the sky. But what's even stronger, and the reason why we look at this covenant, is what St. Peter drew out in his letter. 
not just the terms of the covenant, but the whole thing that happened with Noah and the flood because of how this compares to baptism. So let's consider this sort of point by point. On the one hand, in the world, there was great evil. So that, as Genesis tells us, everyone's thoughts were turning to evil all the time. And each of us were born with a situation of original sin, and very soon, many personal sins. God wants to take care of that. So in the flood, he sent this enormous amount of water upon the earth to wash it, and to wash it, in a sense, by putting to death those evil things. And us, he uses water, plunging us into the water, as it were, especially if we think of baptism by immersion as a good image, to wash us clean and to put to death that evil in our lives. And yet, through that water, he didn't wash away and kill everything, but he brought through it Noah and his family and all those that were in the ark. And so too, we do not die in baptism as a whole, but he brings us back out of it. He was accomplishing a new creation in the flood and with Noah, a recreation. And so too, he accomplishes in baptism. He had that sign of his covenant with the rainbow. And of course, this new covenant, the eternal covenant in Jesus, was accomplished when he too stretched his arms out across the sky. Baptism especially. It's what all those catechumens are preparing for. Baptism is what we who have been baptized have as our heritage. We have received all of those things, the forgiveness of sins, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the divine adoption as sons and daughters of God. And so for us, this Lent is not perhaps a final preparation to become this for the first time, but a chance to more deeply become it in how we think of ourselves each day and how we live it out. Each year at this time, we hear about our Lord Jesus going into the desert. And in so doing, he was, in a sense, connecting himself to the past Israel's history, especially to those 40 years the people of Israel had spent wandering in the desert as they moved from slavery in Egypt to the Promised Land. For them, those years in the desert had been, on the one hand, a time of testing and a purifying. On the other, a sort of innocent time in relationship with God. Jesus entered into 40 days in the desert to be close to God, to resist the evil one, and to begin pointing towards that eternal covenant that he was going to accomplish. And so we too, each Lent, now imitate him, entering into these 40 days, our own 40 days, in our own sort of desert, so that we too may draw close to God. We get ready to leave aside some of the luxuries of the world. We know that living in the desert is a little hard. And by leaving them behind, that frees us up to live out works of mercy for others, to be close to God in prayer, and to more successfully overcome the temptations of the evil one. We do it to draw close to Jesus, knowing the covenant that he has made with us in his own blood, and aiming, by the end of it, to be even closer to him than when it began.